Welcome to the teaching ministry of Elevation Church. Today we will hear from lead pastor Dave Carroll as he teaches a message titled, We Serve Like Crazy. Let's join in now. We're in the series, This Is How We Roll. It is about the vision of our church, where we're going, where we're headed, and, uh, and how to, here's the, here's the heartbeat of This Is How We Roll. Uh, you know, many people want to drive a nice car. Raise your hand if you want to drive a nice car, right? Yeah. <laughs> Most people, if, if given the choice, and you know, hey, could I drive a nice car or an old car? You know, oh, I'd drive a nice car. A truck. How many of you would rather drive a nice truck, right? Yeah, there we go. Um, <clears throat> sorry, my bad. <laughs> But, you know, many people don't want to pay the price and, and spend the time to build up the, the finances right to buy a nice car. We like to go the finance route, and then we get in trouble, and, and it implodes on us, right, with a big car payment. Well, uh, this is how we roll as a series about how is Elevation Church going to trade up? And, and, but what, what is the price that we have to pay? What do we have to do as a church body to see God use Elevation Church the best way possible? Uh, not the best in our dreams, but the best of God's dreams. I, you know, I don't know about you, but I want the church God wants. And so uh, before we get into uh, our message title today, which is We Serve Like Crazy, that is a major value here at Elevation Church. Um, I want us to read our vision statement together. It's on the back of your program there. If you're taking notes, by the way, you can pull out a pen and there are blanks you could fill in along as we go today. And uh, let's read it. One, two, three. We are a different and refreshing church helping people far from God come alive in Christ. Let's pray. <clears throat> Jesus, we thank you that we get to be a part of your church. Lord, for those who have put their faith in you, Lord, who have surrendered to you, living for you, uh, God, even though it's, uh, it, it can seem like extra weight, uh, Lord, I know while there's many people who get a Sunday to sleep in, or uh, many people who seemingly keep an extra 10% of their paycheck, uh, who aren't giving to a missions offering. Uh, Lord, when we look at the world, it seems right. But at the end of the day, Lord, we know that your power, Lord, and your version of life is incredible, Lord, because it's not about ourselves. In fact, it's far beyond ourselves. And, and so, God, would you help us to be a people who serve, Lord, who pay the price, uh, who get our hands dirty in your work unapologetically, unashamedly, Lord, help us to be the kind of church, the kind of people, the kind of dads, moms, husbands, wives, the kind of teens, the kind of kids, uh, Lord, who, who are eager to put our hands to work on your kingdom, knowing that it's a huge privilege that even though it seems like sometimes a short-term loss of time or money or energy, God, it produces a humongous fruit for eternity, and there's no better place that we could put our effort than in your kingdom because it always produces the biggest return. And so, God, we trust you today. And how uh, you love, Lord, teach us to love. How you served, Lord, teach us to serve the same. We pray these things today in Jesus' name. And everyone said, <coughs> Amen. Well, today again, today's message title is, We Serve Like Crazy. Huge value here at Elevation Church. Uh, we serve in a way that that has joy in our hearts. We serve in a, in a way where we're excited to come. Uh, I love showing up at 7 a.m. 
uh, or 7.30. Today I was a little late, I'll be honest, around 7.45. But I see the guys and some of the ladies walking around here with smiles on their faces, with joy serving Jesus. And it's a phenomenal thing to be a part of. And uh, if you have your Bible, turn to Matthew chapter 20, verses 20 through 28. We'll be there in just a second. But I want to give you a word picture about serving before we go any further. Uh, have you ever seen the show Hillbilly Hand Fishing? It's on Animal Planet, and I believe the guy's name is something like uh, Skipper Bivens. Okay, that's the guy's name. He's out of Oklahoma. Any Oklahoma fans in the room? Yeah, there are always a few. Well, uh, Skipper Bivens and his buddy in Oklahoma started this TV show off of something they'd probably been doing for years and years called Hillbilly Hand Fishing, which is technically called Noodling. And uh, the whole point of the show is that people go out and catch humongous catfish, right? Just huge catfish. You're not getting how huge these catfish are. They're humongous with their arm, all right? That's the whole point of the show. And so what he does is he finds some city slickers, right? And uh, we know how to recognize them here in Montana, don't we? Uh, He finds some city slickers. They pay. They come on the show. He brings them in the water. And uh, the people, I don't know why they pay for this. You would think you would get paid for this, but they pay to do this. And he brings them in the water, and there's usually a murky river there in Oklahoma. And the whole point of it is there, there are holes up against the bank. And so the people are supposed to go underwater where they can't see, stick their arm in a hole, and hope a catfish bites them. Okay? <clears throat> And they pull it out, and uh, just so you know, there's some danger. You know, sometimes beavers take the hole. Sometimes snakes take the hole. Uh, You know, it's not just like there's only catfish, because a catfish makes the hole, but if they get caught, there leaves an empty hole for another animal. So it's a little bit dangerous, and they don't quite know what they're doing. And I feel like sometimes, uh, and rightfully so, many of us look at serving in church like hillbilly hand-fishing. You know, it's kind of like they asked me to do what? It's almost like I'm putting my arm down there. And, and, I'm, and, you know, it's like when they get the big one, you know, it's like the guy has to go and pull the people out of the hole with the catfish because, ah, what's happening to me? Uh, and some people will get hurt by serving in church. You know, they'll give uh, a lot of time. They'll give a lot of talent. They'll give a lot of treasure. They'll give a lot of things and they'll stick their hand in the hole, get their hand dirty for God's kingdom and something bites and they go, ouch. And they say, I don't know if I want to do that again. And, and this is serving in the church. It, it's hard. It's murky. It's tiring. And if you're like me, sometimes you've even been hurt by it, but it is the best thing going today. It is the absolute best thing going. You know, we look for places to put our money so that money will grow. We look for a home that will suit our family so our house will grow. We look for cars that will suit our family so we can get to where we need to go. But let me tell you this. All of those things fade away. And you want the best place to invest your life? It's in God's church. It's God's church. And so serving is really important. And when we look here in scripture today at Matthew chapter 20, uh, we're going to see a bunch of folks who didn't understand Jesus and they didn't understand serving, but Jesus makes a huge statement that helps us understand it today. And so we're going to answer the first question. And the first question is this, how 
do we serve? Okay, now this isn't how do we get involved yet. This is more like when we're serving, how do we serve? And I, I'm, I'll be straight up with you. I'm mostly talking about the church today because this is a vision series. But if you apply these things to your marriage, or I'll just say it up front because I won't say it a lot later on. If you apply them to your marriage, if you apply them to your parenting, if you apply these same principles, you will find a serving culture in your home or at your workplace that will be second to none. And let me tell you, here's the cool thing. When people start serving each other the way the Bible says to serve, Man, there is no sweeter relationships than when that occurs because it's no longer about what I can get from you. It's about what I can give to you. And if everyone's walking around saying, what can I give to you? Everybody gets a lot. You see what I'm saying? And and so how do we serve? Matthew 20, verse 20. Here's what happens. To set it up, the verses before, Jesus just gets finished telling his disciples that he's going to die on a cross and serve humanity by paying the penalty of sin. And then we're we're told that all we have to do is believe, place our faith in Christ. And then that applies to us, right? So he's talking about this and um, the mother of James and John come up and, and right in the middle of this, seemingly interrupting him has this to say, then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to him with her sons, kneeling down, asking something from him. So if you can picture this, Jesus is saying, guys, I'm going to die on a cross. Uh, they're going to, they're going to crucify me. You know, this is what's going down. And she goes, excuse me, Jesus, I have a question for you. You think the question is going to be probably something serious. No. <laughs> and he said to her, what do you wish? She said to him, grant that these two sons of mine may sit on your right hand Uh, and the other on your left in your kingdom. (laughs) So are you getting this? Uh, Jesus, I don't care that you're, you're, you say you're going to die. Um, I just want to know, can I be like with you when you're on the throne? What, what kind of question is that? But Jesus answered and said, you do not know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I'm about to drink? That was his death, right? And be baptized, the way that I was, I was baptized, that you see his death. Remember, baptism is a picture of death and then raised to life in Christ. And by the way, there's a baptism next Sunday at Oasis Water Park. And if you have not followed Christ in baptism after you have come to him uh, in faith in Christ first, next week you can do that. Write it on your connection card. So he says, You're not able to drink the cup. You can't be baptized the way that I'm baptized. And they said to him, this is incredible. We are able. Can you imagine what a crazy statement that was? They had no idea what they're talking about. Jesus saying, "Can can you do what I'm about to do? Sure, Jesus, I'm up for it. I'll do it. And so he said to them, you indeed will drink my cup and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. But to sit on my right hand or on my left is not mine to give. But it is those for whom it is prepared for my father. And when the ten heard it, remember, these are just two disciples and there were ten more. When the ten heard it, they were greatly displeased with the two brothers. Why? Because they asked? Probably not. It's because they were mad because they didn't ask. They're like, what do you mean? You want to be first? You want to be powerful? Uh, What? Man, he asked. They beat me to it. But Jesus called them to himself. He gets all 12. He says, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them. And those who are great exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you. Huge verse. 
Let him, and whoever desires to be first among you, let him be your slave. You ready for this? Look at your Bible and catch verse 28. He's turning the system of the world upside down. And he says, no, you don't need all that. Just as the son of man did not come to be served. It's not why Jesus showed up. But to serve and to give his life a ransom for what? Many. How do we serve? Here's your first blank. We serve like Jesus. How did Jesus serve? Check this out in your blanks. Here, here's what he pushed away. And this is very important in our church because, you know, many people come to a new church looking for this list that I'm about to read right here. They look for power. They look for position. Or they're set on, I have to have my personal preference. Well, I have news for you. No one gets their personal preference in a growing church. Not a single person. You say, yeah, what about you, Dave? You want to know what? About seven times out of ten, I don't get my personal preference either. And, and I want it to be 10 out of 10. You know why? Because I want Jesus to lead the church. I want Jesus to lead my, my life. Do you want Jesus to lead your church that you're a part of? <laughs> Do you want Jesus to lead your life? You know what? Let's give up these things about wh- whether or not, um, how much influence we have. Let's give up our personal preferences. So many people, well, I, you know, I like the church because of this. I don't like the church because of that. You know what? Every time we dive head, headlong into that, We give up service. And when we give up service, here's what we give up. We give up the ability to reach more people. Check this out. What was Jesus talking about before this conversation about who's on top and and how, how he wants life lived? He was talking about him dying on the cross. Do you know that the kingdom of God, as far as people coming into it, had come to a major stall out, right, when Jesus was living? You had Israel And that was about it. And a few extra people who were going to make heaven. (laughs) That was it. But Jesus, by going to the cross and dying and paying the penalty and serving you and serving me and serving the people who had lived the last 2,000 years, he made a ton of room for his kingdom to grow and expand. And and here's what I want us to know. Please grab this. And if you're new, you walked in on this day where, yes, we're asking a lot because we're asking you and, and me to be more like Jesus. But when we serve, we make room for more people to enter God's kingdom. When we serve like Jesus every time, bar none. Why? Because it's not about me. It's about thee. And so what are the the characteristics that Jesus had? One is selflessness. Have you ever been around a selfless person? A person who just, uh, you know, you're waiting for them to always give you their opinion, or maybe they're in a position higher than you at work or in your family, and and it just never comes because they're just kind of like, you know, I'm going to lay down my, I'm going to lay down my preference. I'm going to lay down what I want and do what's best for everyone. And and that is what selflessness really is at its core. Servanthood. Servanthood says, I'm not going to be afraid to put my hand under the water, even though I may get bit. And I'm not going to be afraid to produce fruit in God's kingdom. I'm not going to be afraid to produce fruit in my family. Parents, I said I wouldn't go this way, but parents, if you're struggling with your kids, 
If, if their attitude and, and their behavior and, and their uh, responses to you are sharp, many times our first response is to, like, just kill them right there on the spot, right? Like, hey, I'm going to unleash the fury of adulthood on you and show you just how unpowerful you really are. But really, this concept of servanthood is probably the best way to put your family on track that there is, and it's the best way to put a church on track. And then here's the, the last word is surrender. When you surrender, you are saying, I no longer lead. And and so when we serve like Jesus, we say, God, I surrender to your plan. Now you get to lead my life and you get to use my life how you want to use it. And so we serve like Jesus who said this, just as the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. That is how we serve. Now, here's the next question. Who do we serve? Who do we serve? Your first blank is this. We serve Jesus. Everybody say Jesus. We serve Jesus. This is extremely important as we move forward. You know, I believe 2014 can be a a year for this church where we see uh, we, we could see 50 to 100 people or more come to saving faith in Jesus Christ. Do you want to be a part of a church like that? That's the kind of church I want to be a part of where it's vibrant and people are coming to know Christ and their lives are changing because they know him. But it only happens this way. When we serve, please don't serve me. Please don't serve Elevation Church. Serve at Elevation Church. Serve with your pastor, but don't serve me. Serve Jesus. Why do you serve Jesus? Take your pen out. Here's some reasons why you want to serve Jesus and not me or serve uh, Elevation Church or anything like that. Serve Jesus because, number one, it is how you survive difficulty in the church. When you serve Jesus... Difficulty in the church is just a blip on the radar. When you're not, it crushes your faith, and you hardly will walk back into a church to worship God. Here's the next thing. When you serve Jesus, you're never too big for a job. You can tell people who want power and position from people who serve Jesus by this one thing. People who are serving Jesus are willing to do anything. People who are doing it for any other reason only want to do one thing. You know, and insert blank here. Serve Jesus. Be willing to do what it takes. Here's the next thing. If you serve Jesus, this is how you have longevity in ministry. Do you know, have you ever met someone who's maybe 70, 80? I've met somebody who's 94 and riding his bicycle to church to greet at the front door before at a church I used to serve at in Louisiana. Do you know how you get from where you are to 94 on a bicycle? Well, first, it's not eating at McDonald's, okay? That, okay, that's step one. But step two is, uh, is you have to serve Jesus. That has to be your motivation. Otherwise, you'll never make it and be serving God, doing whatever it takes through your uh, latest years of your life. You'll find yourself turned around and looking at church and go, I've done all that before. I'm, I'm really, I'm bigger than that job now. I'm not going to participate. But this is the importance of doing it. And here's the next thing. When you serve Jesus, uh, John 15, you can read that sometime, says this. This is how you produce fruit. If you want to know why is the ministry I'm serving in, why, why am I getting dry? Why am I getting stale? Well, it's, it's not what you're doing that's the problem. It's who you're serving that's 
putting life into who you are. And so serving Jesus is important. Next, who do we serve? Here's the second. Uh, we serve God, first of all, but here's a group of people. And uh, rather than going through like the, your relationships in your life, I want, I want to challenge you to think about your relationships through this lens, through two groups of people. One, we serve people who have Jesus already. And we call that the church, okay? The church, people who have Jesus. The church is not just everyone who shows up. The peop- it's the people who already know Jesus. And here's the second group of people you serve. And if we can move on the screen there, we serve people who do not have Jesus. And we would call this the community, all right? So let's back up for a second and talk about the church. Look at Ephesians chapter 4, verses 7 through 13. All right, here's what Paul says in the book of Ephesians. And uh, this is in your program and on the screen. And you're going to learn something today uh, in the Bible here that you may not have thought of in a while. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, that's Jesus. When Jesus ascended on high, he led captivity captive. And he gave what to men? Gifts. Now this, he ascended. What does that mean? But that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth. He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. Now, a real quick Bible lesson here for you. Uh, We have the birth. We have Christmas Day, right? And that's God showed up. God is with us. God is real. We can live for him. We can depend on him. We have the cross. God paid the penalty of sin, right? That's the significance. We have the resurrection, which means God defeated sin and death. And that is the greatest gift we have. Can I get an amen in the room? That is a huge gift. Now, the ascension, we never think about this, right? Because if you're the disciples standing there, you saw Jesus get crucified. You saw Jesus rise again. And then there was one day that gets downplayed just a little bit. There was one day they were standing there talking to him and he goes, beam me up, (laughs) Father, right? And up he goes. Well, what was the significance of the ascension? Here's what the Bible says. And and you know what? I have a pastor, uh, one of my favorite pastors. You may ask, Dave, who are your favorite pastors? I've been one of these guys that uh, my favorite pastors are the ones that I serve at church with. Okay. I know there's like, we live in this day where the internet blows up and it's huge and there's all kinds of names around and everything. But, uh, my favorite pastors are the ones that I served under. And this is the first time I've been a senior pastor. So now I have to figure out who that is, but, um, I don't have a favorite pastor anymore, but this guy, uh, Mike Wiggins from Calvary Chapel, uh, Port St. Lucie in Florida. He used to say this about scripture. We just read a bunch of stuff about ascending and descending. And if you're like me, the first time you read this or the second time you read this, you go, uh, What is it? And here's a statement. I would write it down when you're reading the Bible. It'll help you. It says, when the plain sense makes sense, seek no other sense. Okay? When the plain sense makes sense, seek no other sense. And so really quickly, when you're looking at the scripture here, looking at all this ascended, descended, this is like a quick Bible lesson for free. Um, It says this, but to each one of us, look at the top of that again on verse seven, but to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of whose gift Christ. Therefore, he says when he did what ascended on high, he led captivity captive. And then what did he do? He what gave gifts to men. So 
the significance of the ascension is that when Jesus left, he left the Holy Spirit here on earth. And the Holy Spirit has gifted you in a way to serve his church that will blow your mind. You might be in a chair today thinking, thinking, oh, Dave, you don't know me. You don't know how I curse at work. (laughs) You don't know um, who I really am. You're right. I probably don't. But I do know this, that if you'll surrender to the Holy Spirit's leading and work in your life, God will gift you in a way that will blow your mind. You're looking at a guy that wanted to be a baseball umpire, okay? And, and I found out that once I let go of that and I grabbed onto God's church, I remember showing up to a youth group and, like, good stuff happened. And I went, good stuff never happened before when I touched church. Well, what happened? The Spirit of God spiritually gifted me to help his church. And here's the cool thing. You don't have to be a pastor to do that. God can use you and his church and it's supernatural. It's so weird. It's like God's power and not your own. This is what happened at the ascension. Now check this out. Uh, look at verse 11. It says, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers some, uh, for the This is real big. Read it with me. For the what? Equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come to the unity of the faith, the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. This is why God gifted the church So we should use it to serve each other first. This is the starting place. Many people are looking for a way to be a good person. How can I get God to like me? That's not it. You surrender to God. You serve in his church because it produces the best fruit. That is who we serve. People who have Jesus. There should be fellowship. You know, I just heard of somebody uh, this week. Now, I can't take credit for it. This is my wife, Amy. Uh, But somebody came up and said, hey, I had bacon and potato soup from you this week. And, and they needed it because they weren't feeling good. And uh, I thought, wow, that's cool. Amy did that. I didn't, you know, I hadn't even thought about that she did that. But that was a way to serve the church, the meals ministry, or, or to show up and uh, help someone who's serving on Sunday morning or when someone's down. Uh, many people wait for the church to program this stuff. And instead, what we have to do is take personal initiative to serve each other. And when we do, it creates room in the body. Here's the next group. When we serve people who don't, who do not have Jesus Christ, we serve the community. Really what we're doing are these three words that you can write down evangelism. We're doing outreach and we're meeting needs. Uh, we met a a need with habitat for humanity. Do you know that $10,500 went to the community of our missions offering 500 went to Southside store, 10,000 went to habitat. Why? Because we're an outward focused church, right? But for, but 4,000 of it, went to actually 4,500, went to foreign missions and went to Montanan church planting. Why? Because we're serving the church. We're serving the community. We're an outward focused church. That's going to tilt toward the community. You get what I'm saying? That's who we are. What does Colossians 4, 5 say? This is a great scripture. This will help you with that cussing at work. (laughs) And this is what it says. Here's a way you can serve. Walk in wisdom toward those who are outside. And by outside, it means outside of the faith, the drive-through lady, the, the waiter or waitress who didn't give you the best service. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? You walk in wisdom because at the end of the day, like I said, you lose a little money, but you can have the harvest of someone who has eternity in heaven with Jesus Christ and an abundant life here and now. So we walk in wisdom. 
Uh, and when we do that evangelism, I just want to give you a quick uh, snapshot. That is when we physically, uh, not physically, but literally share the gospel of Jesus Christ. You say, Dave, I've never shared the gospel of Jesus Christ with anybody. I've invited them to church, which I would call outreach. But evangelism is when you say, hey, listen, here's the deal. Jesus really is God. He died on the cross. He rose again. And the Bible says if you'll depend on that for forgiveness of sin and for salvation, you'll be saved. Hey, you want to do it? You want to know it? God can do the rest from there. Do you hear how how short that was to share your faith with somebody? I would challenge you, if you haven't gone to that level, think about who you may need to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with. That is how we serve the community. And when we meet needs, we don't just stop there. Um, we, we want to share the gospel. So we serve Jesus, we serve the church, we serve the community. Now, in Elevation Church, in Elevation Church, here's the big question, and, and we're about done, believe it or not. Where do we serve? Have you ever wondered, hey, I would help at church, I would get involved, I would see what God does with my, with my puny work, letting him gift me and see what happens if I knew where to serve. Well, I want to describe uh, swimming to you. Uh, how many of you swam before the age of five? All right. Uh, I swam before the age of five. And the reason I did was, one, I lived in South Florida, which is a lot warmer than here. I don't think we swim, but uh, I think if you swim by 20, it's, like, totally cool here. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's like as long as, you, as long as you have your first buck up on the wall at five, then you're good, Right. But in South Florida, we did different things. It, you know, how early did you swim? Well, the biggest reason I swam earlier was my mom would drop me off and my grandma would drop me off every day of the week. And my dad loved it. He says the best money he spent because he said we would be tired and we'd go straight to bed. And they didn't even have to put us to bed. But there was this big Olympic-sized pool. One side of the pool, it was about three feet deep. On the other side of the pool, I forget exactly how much, but it was over 10 feet deep. It was, it was a gigantic pool. Well, the smallest, littlest kids would start over on the shallow end. And serving is a lot like this, okay? If you've never served in church before, you want the shallow end of the pool. And we'll talk about what those are when we go through some of the ministries of our church. But I know this. The shallow end of the pool is tough. I remember looking at my youngest, or not my youngest brother, second to youngest brother, I have three, uh, Doug, when he was learning to swim the first day. The, the guy's name was Sheeler Winton. Sheeler Winton taught little kids to swim by the following method. He would ask them to grab a floaty with both hands. He would grab their hair and he would say, kick, son. And he was old. He was probably, you know, he was probably in his 70s or, 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 or even later. He'd say, kick, boy, kick. And uh, Doug starts kicking and screaming, for the record. And he goes like this, blow bubbles. <laughs> Air. <laughs> blow bubbles air, blow bubbles all the way across the side of the pool. And uh, I'm not sure my brother got any air on the way up because he wanted to punch him. I, uh, one time my brothers and I looked and laughed because when he came up, he took a swing at him. And, uh, and, and you know, serving in church for the first time is a lot like that. You're learning to swim and it's frustrating. And there's somebody there with you going, no, you got to do it this way. Got to do it. Hey, I, I got it. I got, you know, punch, swing. And and it's a little frustrating to get involved in serving. But remember, when you serve, even in the smallest way, at the shallowest end of the pool, by shallow end of the pool, I'm talking easiest jobs that there are to do in a local church, you are expanding 
the kingdom and making room for more people to know Jesus Christ. Do you know that just by serving? It's incredible. So you have this concept of the pool. Here are three shallow into the pool type things that everyone can do. It doesn't hardly cost you anything. You ready? Prayer. Everyone can pray for Elevation Church. I would hope that every week at some point in time, you are praying for Elevation. Number two, prioritizing worship attendance. You know what, today, I'm so excited that on Playoff Sunday to look around. This is one of our biggest attendances in a while, and it, it just brings joy to my heart. Do you know that when you show up, this place is vibrant, and when someone who doesn't know Christ walks into this building and they see a vibrant room, you know what happens? They go, hey, these people got something that I need, and, and, and those people need it, don't they? They need Jesus. Showing up is huge. And then here's the next way at our church is very specific. Setting up and packing up. We're starting to set up as early as 7 a.m. And you know what? 15 minutes. You ready for this? 15 minutes of staying and helping pack up after a 10-minute party is done. You know what that does? Many of the people who pack up were here at 7 a.m. And when you come alongside and serve the church, you're serving them. Do you know what happens for 15 minutes? They get joy, they get excited, they get pumped up, and next thing you know, they're energized to serve even more as well, and there's a synergy there. So those are three shallow end-of-the-pool things, uh, and we're not perfect, and there may be things where you stay and you go, uh, what do we do? And somebody may look at you and say, I don't know, but hang with us because we're not perfect, but we're going to get there. So I want to rifle through these things. Here is where we serve in Elevation Church. This is how our church is structured. You may wonder, what is our church structured? Why don't we have... A million ministries. We don't. We only have five right now. And here's the first one. Worship. <clears throat> Here are places to serve in worship. First impressions. Um, you may not, you, a lot of people think of worship as music, but first impressions are the guys in our parking lot. Don't they do an awesome job? Can we appreciate them right now? Um, music and singing. How about the worship band? Can we appreciate the worship band? Um, tech and AV. Let me tell you, Tech and AV is probably one of the hardest jobs here at Elevation Church. Do you know we use technology everywhere from kids ministry to checking in kids for your safety so we have all the information there uh, to what you see here. Can we appreciate the tech team? Yeah. And then uh, rhyme, kind of rhyming with tech is the prep team. You know, there's uh, folks like Michelle James and others who show up religiously. You want to know what their religion is? It's not church. It's it's coming early and stuffing bulletins. We need people to do that. And, and so maybe you consider some of these things. Now, if you can't sing, don't come up and say, I'm going to sing. All right. Because we'll say you keep singing in the shower, but praising the Lord. Right. Uh, but here's the next one. Groups. Um, how do you serve in groups? Number one, attend, make the time to attend. It's during the week. You know, we purposefully don't send you a million different directions, uh, during the week. Because we know you need to be with your family, you need to invest there, but we do ask that you do one night a week, get in a group, attend. Some of you in the future, now these two are kind of locked in for now, but in the future, um, you may want to open up your home and make it clean and make it a great place to study God's word as a host home. Maybe God's asking you to facilitate and, and, and help other people understand the Bible. And you go, not me. Yes, you. And then here's another way for groups. Invite other people. That is a way you can serve in the groups ministry right now. Uh, moving along, the family ministry. Hey, can we thank everyone in the room who does kids ministry uh, right now? You guys are champions. Um, here we have Sunday kids ministry serving there. I've told you before, if I wasn't preaching up here, I'd probably go serve back there. It's a lot of fun. Um, 
there are people, what you say, what do you do in there? Well, you might teach a small group. You might do tech. You know, we need people who could just hook up a TV and a sound system. Um, we, we have singing and dancing, and we have people who need check-in. Um, Paul and student ministry. Can we appreciate Paul and Ashley for the work they do in student ministry? Um, Paul and Ashley have uh, really got this thing humming in student ministry. We have 15 to 20 kids coming a week now. And uh, the next step is that they need to build an adult team of people who come on a Wednesday night and help them with student ministry. And that's middle and high schoolers. Yes, teenagers. But um, some of you are called to that. And and, and, uh, here's the next thing, missions. Missions. Now, most things will fall in this first category, personal missions. There's personal, local, and global. Those, that's our mission strategy. Personal missions, whenever we can rise up and come together and do something like Habitat House, um, we'll do it when we can make a big dynamic thing. But other than that, we're not going to program a whole lot. There's not going to be a lot in the bulletin. You get involved. There are tons of places and soup kitchens. Uh, there are places you can serve your neighbors. Get involved in personal missions, local missions here um, around uh, Billings and Montana and global missions, which we contributed $2,500 to. That is missions. That's how we get involved. Multiplication. Here's the last one. Um, how, how are you involved in multiplication? Every time you give financially, you're involved in multiplying God's kingdom. Um, as you see, we're not a selfish church that's going to hoard a bunch of money. Even before we pay all of our bills by ourselves. we have churches that help us do that. We're already giving away $15,000 to missions that our church could certainly use to either help hire somebody or to help do something else uh, and move the ministry forward. But we're going to stop and give. So pray and give money. That's, that's uh, how we obey the Lord in multiplication. But what is it mostly about? Raising up new leaders for the kingdom of God to move forward in the future, not just here, but other places, and to plant new churches. Now, if you look at this, I would consider from left to right, if you're on your program, this is shallow into the pool on the left, deep into the pool on the right. All right? Deep into the pool on the right. Now, where could God be asking you to really plug in and own? Where could he ask your family to plug in and own? I'll leave that question sit for just a second. Now, here's the next question. How do I serve? You may say, Dave, I've done this and haven't got a call back, or I've done this, and that happens in every single church, for the record. But we try real hard to make it not happen here. But for today, here's what we're asking. If God has placed it on your heart, to jump back into ministry, even if it's the shallow end of the pool. Don't jump. Walk down the steps. Otherwise, you'll get your head hurt, right? Here, here's how you do it. Number one, start somewhere soon. Start quickly. Start at pack-up today. Start somewhere next week. Here's the second way. Write on your connection card, and this is the biggest way right here, very practical. Uh, write on your connection card today your name, your contact info, even if we already have it, and write down maybe one of these places in ministry that you want to just jump into with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Write it down, and here's what I'm going to ask you to do after service. Bring it out to something we haven't highlighted much, but I'm highlighting it big time today. We have a place called Ministry Central right there. It's a big board. And uh, if you ever meet someone who wants to serve, walk them to Ministry Central. But for today, if you want to jump in and dive and you're not there, or maybe maybe you need to shift to a different ministry, because the one you're in, you went, oh, I started there, but really I need to be here. 
Go out to Ministry Central today and hand your card into Cheryl and her team out there, and we will get you plugged in as soon as possible. And then here is uh, the next way you can serve. Stay after day and help. And the last question, and this is the huge one right here. This is the huge one. Why do we serve? Why do we serve each other? You know what? When we serve at church, and I know that you're going, man, serve it. This is the serve at church. Do something at church message. Yes, it is. But here's the biggest thing. When we serve at church, we show the power of God in our lives. You know what? I am no different than you. Some days I wake up on Sunday and I go, I am tired. <laughs> I need a monster or, you know, whatever it is. I need a city brew. Sometimes I'm tired. But at the end of the day, I wake up and I go, you know what? If I don't go and serve my heart out today, then I'm missing the power of God in my life. And I don't want that. I want in on the power of God in my life. Secondly, why do we serve? To model Jesus to those around us. When you serve, you are just like the son of man who did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. And the final reason, to surrender to God's version of life. This is one area many people hold back in. But when you surrender to it, it's God's version and you find God's power and you find God's blessing in on it. Check this out. Remember this? When you're noodling, hillbilly hand fishing, you're sticking your hand in this hole. And uh, on the TV show, they pull out a catfish. But in Matthew chapter 419... Jesus walked up to Peter and Andrew, and he said this, Follow me, and I will make you, if you know it, say it with me, fishers of men. And when you serve, you're sticking your hand in the hole, and yeah, it hurts, and yeah, you don't know what's always going to happen. But when you pull it out, you see the fruit of the kingdom of God happen because of your life. Thank you for listening to the teaching ministry of Elevation Church. You can find out more about our church or listen to other messages at elevationbillings.com. Thanks again for listening and have a great day.